The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. I want to mention a great resource for writers, and this month's sponsor, Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories. I'll expound later in the show, but the short version is this long-awaited book about the craft of creative writing from New York Times bestselling author Steve Almond sets out to debunk the well-meaning but misguided myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and most honest work. Pick up a copy today of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, wherever you buy books, more soon. Greetings, scribes. I have got some exciting news to share. The Writer Files now has an exclusive Patreon community where subscribers will get exclusive access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and content from productivity and publishing experts each month. In the meantime, just head over to patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. Help us start something special. Rainmaker FM is brought to you by Digital Commerce Institute. Do you want to build the business of your dreams without squandering time and money, stumbling around to find the right path, or making unnecessary mistakes? The market is ready and waiting for you, but that doesn't mean it's gotten any easier. Digital Commerce Institute is here to change that. Go to digitalcommerce.com and get the training, education, and community you need to start building your digital business the right way. That's digitalcommerce.com. These are the Writer Files, a tour of the habits, habitats, and brains of working writers, from online content creators to fictionists, journalists, entrepreneurs, and beyond. I'm your host, Calvin Reed, writer, podcaster, and mediaphile. And each week, we'll discover how great writers keep the ink flowing, the cursor moving, and avoid writer's block. Prolific international best-selling author-preneur Mark Dawson dropped by this week to talk about self-publishing versus traditional publishing and the productivity hacks that have helped him to publish over 23 books. Mr. Dawson's multiple thriller series and self-publishing savvy have helped him to build a vast, hungry audience of readers and unparalleled levels of success. In addition to international bestsellers and stellar ratings from fans, Mark has become an indie author advocate and online marketing authority for writers. Join us for this two-part interview. In part one of The File, Mark Dawson and I discuss the challenges and rewards of the writer's life. Why, if your process isn't broken, you don't need to fix it. How to write and publish one million words in one year. And what a best-selling author does to unwind. Mr. Mark Dawson, thank you very much for taking time out of your extraordinarily busy schedule to wrap uh, with me a little bit on the Writer Files. My pleasure. It's great to be on. So uh, for listeners of the show who may not be familiar with your background. Can you give us a little bit of your kind of your origin story as a writer? Yeah, sure. So I, I'll go back a little bit further than that. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lawyer by trade. So I, I lived in the States for a little while. I come from the UK, as you can probably tell from the accent. Lived in the States for a while in Chicago. Then I came back to the UK and practiced law in a big city of London practice for 
a few years. Um, didn't particularly enjoy it, not so much law. It was more lawyers I had a problem with, which was a bit unfortunate. So um, I got out of that and had my first novel published um, traditionally in, I think it was around about 99 or 2000. Followed that with another one in 2002. And then, um, yeah, that was kind of the start. It kind of went dark after that. The, the experience of traditional publishing wasn't one that was the most edifying that I, I could ever have had. And it, it soured me to writing for quite a long time. And it was only when I got back on with Kindle and, and the other platforms that my enthusiasm came back. And I've been full-time for a year now, and it's just fantastic, really. Uh, I'm, I'm, I consider myself very lucky to be able to do what I do now. Absolutely. And, I mean, you've had some tremendous successes um, I noticed that you are a top 100 uh, Amazon author, which is, is outstanding. Congratulations. Thank you. I think that's a newer feature of, of uh, Amazon Books as well, is, is it not? Yeah, it's kind of it's a beta feature. So they, they roll out, they break it down into genres and depending on if, what I'm promoting, uh, you know, whichever particular time you can find me, usually up, up around there somewhere, which is, you know, when you're rubbing shoulders with... Uh, writers that you've idolized for years it's pretty surreal um and you know you kind of have to pinch yourself sometimes to realize that you've you've, you've done that yeah yeah well as an internationally uh best-selling thriller author and uh you've had some tremendous successes um in fact forbes uh wrote about you a little bit i'm sure that uh mm-hmm. contributed some i'll link to that in the show notes it's a fantastic article kind of about your path but did you have a moment where you were like yeah, I'm. I'm going to do this. Uh, this is this is my calling. I think I always knew that I wanted to be a writer. So even from you know way way back, um, I, I wrote. It would be a bit grandiose to call it a novel, but I wrote like a twenty five thirty thousand word novella. I guess when I was about twelve or thirteen, I used to stay behind after school, and this was in the days of BBC Micro. So that might not be that might not translate too well over the pond, but it's. Um, the BBC over here actually put out some computers themselves to help kids in school learn how to use them. This is you know way back thirty five years ago, um, and um, yeah, I used to stay behind in the maths lab after school with my English teacher. Actually, and I, I'd sit around and, and just kind of mess around writing this science fiction story, which is obviously was dreadful because I was very young. Um, <laughs> but it was that was the first thing I'd actually you know that was the, the I think that was kind of a moment that I realised I quite enjoyed being creative in that fashion. But yeah, I mean, just having having my first book published traditionally was a pretty cool feeling. That you know, seeing it on shelves and and all that was, I thought this was the kind of start of things. Uh, as it turned out, it was a bit of a false dawn. Um, and it was only really when, um, I, as I said before, when I got into self publishing and, and doing things myself that uh, that was that was. There have been there have been several moments over the last three years where just kind of confirmation that I'm doing what I was supposed to do now, rather than just paying the bills, which was what I was doing previously. Yeah, yeah. So um, you've just kind of built this this amazing audience, this amazing following. And I know you're a, a self publishing advocate, and and you know, really, congratulations on all of the on all of the uh, momentum that you've built up. It's 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 really um, inspiring to see. I think, and I think writers should definitely seek out uh, your writing. Where can we find more of your writing out there? I know that you're on all the major ebook platforms. Yeah, I mean, the, the kind of the home base is, is my website, so it's markjdawson.com. But the, the actual um, the books are available everywhere, with the exception of one of my series, uh, kind of a spin-off series, was was actually 
purchased by Amazon for Thomas and Mercer um, about 18 months ago. And so I'm writing that they republished those books and they've done really, really well with the you know, Amazon push, not the particularly unexpected when Amazon gets behind you like that. But they've also commissioned me to write some follow-up novels in that series. So um, those are exclusive to Amazon, but my best-selling series is, is with a character called John Milton, and and at the moment those are those are everywhere, um, I'm, and I'm kind of adding to the roster of places where those books can be bought right now. Excellent, excellent. How many how many um, are there now out there? How many books have you read? <laughs> uh, something like it's over twenty now. So. Um, uh, trying to think about this I mean some of them would be box sets there's like three box sets of kind of compilations of the various series that I write so I've I've had three series going maybe I suppose three and a half series going and there are eight eight novels in the Milton series and two novellas um, three six in the the Beatrix Rose series a couple of novellas Um, there's a spin-off from her series there's three um novels set in London during the 40s and 50s, uh, kind of noirish thrillers. So yeah, you're up to around about 23, 24, I guess now. Wow, wow, that's awesome. Earlier in the show, I mentioned an invaluable resource for writers. Truth is the arrow, mercy is the bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories based on three decades of writing, failing, and trying again. Author Steve Almond is a beloved professor at Harvard and Wesleyan and the acclaimed New York Times bestseller of 12 books of fiction and nonfiction, And in Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, Steve employs the radical empathy he displayed as a co-host of the Dear Sugars podcast with Cheryl Strayed, where they explored the joys and trials of storytelling to explode myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and truest work. The book includes chapters on plot, character, and chronology, but travels far beyond the earnest intentions of most craft books. It also includes writing prompts to generate new work. Pulitzer Prize-winning author Richard Russo called it one of the best books on writing he's ever read, and also the funniest. Pick up a copy of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories wherever you buy books and add it to your TBR today. And just a quick aside to revisit the exclusive Writer Files Patreon community where subscribers get access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and a lot more. I know that for serious writers, it can be more distracting than ever to cut through the noise, stay productive, and home in on what's happening in the publishing industry. Over eight years, we've provided a looking glass into the habits of professional writers and publishing industry insiders. And as your humble host, I've decided to launch a membership-based Patreon for serious scribes to cut through the noise, swap tips and tricks, and hang out with like-minded peers. Just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files for bonus writing resources, monthly episode breakdowns, writer's happy hour, a community of your peers, ad-free episodes, and more. It's free to join to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something cool and special. Keep calm and write on. So as a prolific author and, you know, just with all the uh, work that you're putting into on the marketing side. I'm really curious to know a little bit about your productivity, a little bit about your uh, kind of uh, a workflow as well over there. So how much time per day would you say you're kind of reading or doing research for your multiple series for your, for your writing projects? I, I kind of start my kids. I've got two kids. So they, they get up about six thirty seven o'clock. So I get them up. And then they get off to nursery most days. So I'm usually back at my desk and, and working from 8.30 onwards. And, and I'll go through often 
quite funny I kind of find myself at two or three in the afternoon with still with my boots on from taking the kids to nursery haven't got up really to do anything haven't you know had had lunch just kind of gone through because I've been so absorbed with what I've been doing that everything else just kind of fades away which is it's always a sign of a, when you're in flow like that that's a pretty good day you've got you've got some words in the bank and all that kind of stuff um but yeah I, I start work at 8 30 most days um I will I mean at the moment today I've, I've been editing um or just kind of finishing off the latest Milton book so a com- combination of a bit of polishing of, of previous um, chapters and just finishing off uh, an epilogue that needed to be written so and I'll kind of switch around so if, if I'm in the mood to, to actually do some some proper writing then I'll, I'll kind of do in 90 minutes two hours worth and then if I need to just kind of sit back and do a bit of editing just change the pace a bit then I can do that for a, a bit then swap back when when I've recharged the batteries a bit but you know, I'll. One thing that I, I think this is a good sign that you you're doing what you're supposed to do. Since you know, I, I've been a city lawyer before, and that those guys work crazy hours. Um, and I've never worked as hard as I'm working right now. So I, you know, I, <laughs> I can I can start at eight eight thirty and go through till eight, no problem. And it's you know, I, I don't because I've got family commitments that that need to be taken care of. But um, you know, I'll, I'll if I didn't, I know that I would work twelve thirteen hours, no problem. If seven days a week, probably it's it's um. It's hard work, but it's so fulfilling uh, and so exciting to, yeah. to be getting some success. It's, it's kind of self-perpetuating. That's cool. So the momentum is is working for your uh, for your prolif for your prolific <laughs> output. <laughs> there, um, are you working on multiple projects simultaneously? Like, uh, are you work are you working on one series and then kind of switching off? Are you doing the kind of the productive procrastination? <laughs> yeah, there's, there is some procrastination involved, but I, I tend to, um, I'll work on one book exclusively, but I will always be thinking about what's coming next. And so there's kind of, I suppose I'm, I'm working on two different levels. Um, there's the kind of the immediate stuff, which is so today is, is writing and finishing this book off. But in the back of my head, I, I know what I want to write. Probably going to start um, on Friday, I think, is is the book that will be next in the queue. And I tend to find myself thinking about that book quite a lot. So maybe just before I go to sleep or I run quite a lot. So um, when I'm running, that's a really, really good, that kind of fugue state you can get into when you just, all you can, all you can feel is, you know, you're just out in the, in the wild and you just hear your footsteps. That's a really good um, uh, space for me to think creatively about what's coming next. So yeah, I guess I've, I've got more than one thing going on at, at one time, but my attention is probably focused most uh Kind of in in the most focused fashion on um, on the one that I'm properly writing. Yeah, yeah. When you before you sit down to to um, get going there, do you have some any pregame rituals besides getting your kids off to school? Yeah, I I don't, um, and I kind of wish that I did. So I mean, I listen to um, all the usual kinds of guys, so Tim Ferriss, um, Pat Flynn, you know, and 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 all those. So I kind of listen to podcasts outside of the writing space now for just for marketing inspiration so i know that a lot of those guys and a lot of successful entrepreneurs start with morning routines and and that kind of stuff and i I kind of i like the idea of that i like the idea of mindfulness and maybe reading a bit before we actually start writing but my i don't i'm not that organized i just tend to you know i know i should switch email off for example i shouldn't probably answer email first thing but it bugs me to know that i've got 15 emails that need to be answered Mm -hmm. and i find it very difficult to to concentrate on the writing when I know that I've got emails that need to be handled. So I'll kind of, I'll wander in, I'll answer those first of all. Um, I'll probably check my Amazon pages just to see if there's been reviews overnight, which is ridiculous. I know I shouldn't do that either. (laughs) 
Um, but but I'll, I'll do that. Um, so maybe after kind of half an hour, I'll, I'll get some coffee. I maybe have a piece of toast for breakfast, and then then after half an hour of just kind of asking around, I'll, I'll, I'll actually sit down and start doing something productive. Mm. And I know that if if I actually sat down and, and applied some discipline to things, I could probably increase my productivity by by you know quite a bit. But on the other hand, you know, it works. I can I I can do three to four thousand words a day typically without without really breaking sweat too much. And you know, I am I'm turning out quite a lot of of, of writing every year, so it's you know it does work. I, I'd like to make it a little bit more efficient, but you know, yeah. maybe next year. New Year's New Year's resolution. <laughs> well, I heard you say you you published uh, what was it five or six six uh, books in a, in one year, um, which is really truly impressive. Yeah, that was nuts. That was uh, that that was weird. That was two thousand and fourteen. So. I was working full time. Then I had a job. I live in in um, Salisbury, in the southwest of England, near Stonehenge. Um, and I was working in London at the time um, for I worked in the film industry. So I'd commute backwards and forwards three hours a day on the train. And I still, you know, had the kids. Obviously, I have so commitments, family stuff that that I wanted to do as well. And I managed to write in 2014, or actually published uh, just short of a million words. So more more than the Harry Potter series. Um, wow. In, in 12 months and the reason I was able to do that was I found the most perfect kind of mobile office which was the train mm-hmm. so I'd always get a seat always get a table so I'd, I'd get a coffee open the laptop put some noise cancelling headphones on and then that was it I deliberately didn't tether my phone so I couldn't get onto the internet too easily um, and I just write and you know I could very very easily do 2,000 words in an hour and a half getting there and then another 2,000 coming back. Wow. And sometimes I remember you know, really vividly getting into Waterloo, which is the station I was getting off at, and wishing that the train had another half an hour to go because I, I was in a really good good state of flow and the, the writing was coming and I didn't want to stop. <laughs> so and, cool. and when, I, when, I stopped, when I stopped commuting, so when I, when I kind of went full-time, it, I did consider, uh, and not really in a joking fashion, that it might be worth continuing to, to buy a season ticket just so I could go back and forth to London on the train. <laughs> um, but I didn't, I didn't do that. But it was, it was certainly, um, that's the best way I've ever found to write, just no distractions. Um, and, you know, if you need to look out the window for a bit just to kind of think about things, you could do that. It was, it was really a great, great place to work. That's great. I think I know the answer to this one, but do you believe in writer's block? No, definitely not. <laughs> no. I mean, I've, I've never... I think sometimes it maybe it's a confidence thing. Maybe sometimes you, you kind of you'll. I mean, I, I most writers have confidence issues with their writing, with the quality of the writing. And I think it, it can be sometimes reasonably easy to persuade yourself that you're not good enough to be doing what you want to do, and then that's an excuse not to do it. And mm. Maybe that that can block you from writing. But um, I've never I've never had that problem. And in fact, I, I kind of have inverse block i get i get really itchy if i'm not writing so if if a day goes by and i haven't done anything um that can be that can kind of get me a bit irritated um so i I like to i like to be doing something putting something down every day even if it's like 50 words as long as i've done something i I feel more content when i I go to sleep at night so no i don't i've never had a problem with that Well, I'd like to pick your brain a little bit about your workflow as well. As a, as a guy who's kind of been on the go, I imagine you're using a pretty lightweight laptop. Yeah, go on Mac, MacBook Pro. Nice. Do you have some go-to software 
that you are using pretty exclusively for your writing? Yeah, I mean, you'll have heard this from pretty much everyone you into. I guess Scrivener is is the is the only um, software I'd recommend um, for writing. Um, so, you know, I use Word for the first maybe three or four Milton books, and it was okay. Um, but it's, Word is not built for hundred thousand word documents. It just isn't. It's not great for navigating. Um, it's quite, it's good for some things. It's it's good for track you know track and um, document compare is very useful on Word, but when you actually want to be writing something a, a piece of software like Scrivener, which is much more flexible, and designed specifically for those great big um, documents, is just I I found a massive increase in my productivity when I when I switched to that. So um, nice. yeah, definitely that's a big recommendation for me for that for that software, and it's not expensive. You know, it's fifty fifty bucks. I think yeah. really really good. Absolutely. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I know that Scrivener has kind of built-in organizational pieces. Do you have any other kind of organizational hacks that you can share with us? Again, it's one of those questions I kind of wish I could say yes, because <laughs> it would make me sound more efficient than I am. Um, no, not really. I mean, in terms of I mean, my my kind of workflow, I, I write in Scrivener exclusively when I'm, I'm doing a first draft. Then when I go to second draft, so it goes to my proofreader and my copy editor, I'll, I'll export it to Word because they prefer to work mm. in Word. They don't have Scrivener. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to use um, track change in Word to, to see their suggestions. Yeah. And it makes it a lot easier. One of my previous editors sent me back comments in a PDF, which was, it was a very, very good editor, but it was very difficult and time-consuming for me to, to actually implement those changes, whereas... With with track changes, you know, basically yes, no, yes, no, whatever. Um, just makes mm-hmm. things a hell of a lot easier. Yeah. Once I'm happy with uh, that process, so it's gone through those two guys. I've got a lot of um, beta readers who um, will look at the uh, look at the book, the kind of beta readers and advanced readers for the purposes of laying down reviews when the book goes live. So I'll convert it into a mobile file and an EPUB and a PDF, and then uh, use use Mailchimp to send to send those guys out the the format that they can use for themselves. Um, and actually, one one good piece of tool that probably you may not have heard of yet, or maybe you have, is it's a new um, one of the big problems with um, distributing content to new readers, and specifically if you're using a tactic like permafree or um, not permafree, you be offering someone a, a you know a book in exchange for signing up to a mailing list. Mm-hmm. You can use use your um, email service provider like Mailchimp. You can embed the files or get them to host it so that the um, 
the the reader can then sideload them onto their devices. But sideloading is was as easy for most people. There are plenty of people who struggle with it, um, and I was getting ten or fifteen kind of customer service emails every day hmm. that needed to be fixed with people who weren't able to access the stuff I wanted them to read. So there's a new uh, piece of software or new kind of web service called uh, BookFunnel, which is kind of coming out of a, a reasonably closed beta right now. Um, and that's been the most useful workaround that I found this year to just basically eliminate that problem. I don't, I've, I've given away tens of thousands of copies now, probably of, of books through BookFunnel, and I haven't had, maybe I've had a handful of, of those kinds of uh, situations. And, and, and the guy, a guy called Damon, who, who built BookFunnel, he handles all those customer service issues as well. So practically, I don't get any across my desk anymore, which has probably saved me. 15 or 20 minutes a day so yeah kudos that's i think that's coming out in in the next month or so but i highly recommend it excellent really good I'll, I'll definitely um make a note of that in the in the show notes it sounds very useful i think you're implementing it now on your in your email um, yeah. subscriber list are you not yeah, yeah, I did. So I, I, when I saw this, I saw a post on Kboards way, way back, and I initially kind of dismissed it because I didn't think it made much sense. But I looked into it and realized it was great. And, and one of the things we did was because I, I run Facebook advertising courses for other authors, and we did a big launch of the course in uh, October, late October. And one of the bonuses was kind of uh, access to BookFunnel in beta at a cheap rate. Hmm. So we've we've put, I guess. Six or seven hundred authors may have signed up, or certainly you know several hundred signed up with, with it and kind of stress tested it. And the feedback from them has been as enthusiastic as my feedback. Um, so, yeah, definitely something to look forward to when that comes when that becomes more widely available. Very nice. Great. Thank you for the tip. We'll uh, definitely look for the uh, the full version of that as well. So, how does Mark Dawson unplug at the end of a, a long day? <laughs> I suppose I, I, I do. I, I like to run, um, so that's that's the, the kind of the most. That's how I kind of relax the most. I just kind of go out for a run, maybe three or four miles. Um, just listen to music. I don't sometimes listen to podcasts or audiobooks, but more often than not, I'll just put some music on and just go for a run. And that's beautiful. I live in the countryside outside Salisbury, so it's really, really pretty. I mean, farmers' fields quite quickly, so I don't. There's no people, just wildlife, which is is really nice. So I love doing that. Um, I watch TV. Um, I, I used to, as I say, used to work in the film industry, so film is my kind of medium of choice. But because I've got two kids, um, you know, four years and under under two years. My wife and I don't get the chance to go to the cinema at all, really. At the moment, it's, it's more of a it's more of an issue than it was um, five years ago when we could just just go out if we fancied it. So we we don't really watch uh, film at the cinema anymore, but we will probably watch. Um, we'll download stuff. We'll we'll watch you know, Netflix stuff, or we'll we'll kind of download movies and watch them. So we we watched Inside Out um, last week, which was great, the mm. Pixar film. Yeah. We'll watch something brainless. I think we, I think the next one queued up is Jurassic World. We'll probably check out. Um, <laughs> and occasionally, if it's like a really an event movie, I'll, I'll make an effort to go. So I'll, I'll go and see Star Wars um, on the big screen in, in 10 days or so when that comes out. And yeah, other things, yeah, I, mean, I, I kind of, my wife and I treated ourselves to an extravagant hot tub <laughs> <laughs> not too long ago, about six months ago. And that, that's really nice, just as a kind of, at the end of the day, like, you know, it's, it's half eight, now, as I'm speaking to you, and it's dark outside, mm. pretty cold. But we know, you know, we'll go up there late and just sit in there for half an hour. And just really nice time to have, just have a chat about our days, and kind of, um, she'll tell me about what she's doing at work, and I might tell her 
you know, I, I apparently I only found out this this out about three hours ago. I was I'm the number one best selling author on Barnes and Noble yesterday. Um, wow, which is really cool. So so we'll talk about that and you know and just kind of decompress. That's a really nice nice chance to do that. That's fantastic, and and uh, I didn't know that. So congratulations on that. Very nice uh, honor as well. Thanks so much for joining me for this half of a tour through the writer's process. If you enjoy the Writer Files podcast, please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or a review on iTunes to help other writers find us. For more episodes or to just leave a comment or a question, you can drop by writerfiles.fm. And you can always chat with me on Twitter at Kelton Reed. Cheers. Talk to you next week. Bye.